Welcome to Lattes and Lifting. Grab a coffee and join us as we chat all about food, fitness, and finding your freedom. Through this podcast, we will help you navigate the fitness world stress-free. Hey everyone, it's Jess and I'm here with a solo episode this week. Um, so I feel a little weird, the YouTube people, sorry. I, I didn't know if we, Jill and I didn't really talk about if we were gonna put solo episodes on YouTube or not, but um, I guess I will. So I'm gonna walk on the treadmill because, <laughs> and the theme of this podcast is going to totally reflect that sentiment um, because I'm a busy mom and I need to get my steps in or the last part of my workout. And I also need to record this podcast and I need to do both at the same time today. So here we are. Um, today, I'm going to talk about some mom things. Okay. So if you are not someone who identifies as a mom, um, maybe this episode isn't going to be the most helpful for you, but maybe you know some moms. Maybe you have one. Maybe you have a friend who's in um, the, you know, in the thick of it, as we say. So maybe this will help you understand them a little bit more. Or maybe you can send this to them and be like, hey, I just want you to know that like, you might be going through some of these things and it's normal. Um, so keep listening or copy and send somebody this episode. Okay. So we're going to talk about normalizing some mom things. And um, I'm just going to dive right into it. I don't have a segue. Um, if we have to pick a win for the week, uh, I'm going to say, and I, you too, you might notice, I think I've talked about this, my eyeball situation, much improved. I went and saw my eye doctor um, she was lovely by the way. She's also a mom. And so we had kind of a good, um, sort of conversation going there about being a mom and a professional and like all these things. And, um, anyways, so great experience. Love my eye doctor. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. So, um, I want to normalize not comparing your unique situation to what you see on socials. There is pressure everywhere to do things a certain way and truly and i know we know this but we don't really know this what you see is a highlight reel um, of someone's life unless you follow those family bloggers who are just blogging their kids every trauma i don't recommend that i don't support that um their kids are going to hate them one day so i mean that's really the ultimate goal right is to make sure your kids don't really hate you um, and so know that like, not everything you see is for you, right? So it's sleep training, baby led weaning, Montessori school, any of those things aren't for you, then don't. Um, I don't believe sleep training was not for us. We didn't do it. I will not let my child, um, cry. Um, cried out, she cries a lot. Um, but it's just something that didn't sit right. I know people who were like, you know, they did like purees for like a few months and then started solid food. We started solid food and purees at the same time. 
I felt comfortable with that. Maybe it's my like first aid ski patrol background. Maybe I'm just really comfortable with child and infant feeding because I don't know if you guys know this, but I used to work in early childhood in a section for um, toddlers and preschoolers with special needs and feeding is one of those things. I was very comfortable with that. I know people who didn't feel comfortable with that and you know what? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell looking at both children side by side. You just don't, right? Like it works out in the end, things like that. Um, we often romanticize some of these parenting concepts and um, some of them logistically might never work for your family. Um, for example, I see a lot of homeschooling or unschooling. Um, those are two sort of different things, but like similarly, they, the children do not leave to go to a school. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I feel like some people do it so well. I follow this um, this great person from Colorado. We actually kind of became friends. She's a homeschool mom and it looks amazing, but I never do that. Um, anyways, uh, there's a level of, of privilege and logistics that need to happen to be able to do that, right? You obviously have to have a parent that is able to stay home and do all that. You need to know where to get the curriculum stuff and how to do that. And you need to have a level of patience and comfort in taking on that part of your child's life. And it's not for everybody. Um, sort of not, not like counting, counting, but kind of counting the sleeps over here till when my kiddo is gonna go to a preschool program where she can learn from other adults that are not me and be friends with other kids who are of, you know, the same age as her. Um, and that's just gonna, what's gonna work for us. Um, so there's that. Um, normalizing, sharing the realness with your real friends. This is something that I definitely have started to do and I feel like it helps us all so much more. Like when you're like, hey, are they doing this? And they're like, oh my God, yes. Or have you ever done this? And they're like, oh yes, like we're in the throes of it right now. And if you never had that conversation, you would never have that comfort in knowing that it's not just you because there's a good chance it's not just you. Um, sharing the hard, the embarrassing, the hilarious so many times. And this usually happens after um, we do like a hike or an, an activity with friends and we're, we're like getting the kids ready in the parking lot. And it, these are like these parking lot conversations of being like, oh, okay, we're normal um, or they're normal or whatever. Um, and so I really like that. Or even just if you have a friend who um, maybe has a younger child than yours and you're, and they're like, oh man, is like this stage ever going to end? And you're like, yeah, it will. But then there's this, <laughs> right? Um, I had a coffee date with a friend last week and, um, she has a four month old. And of course I have an almost two year old and we were talking and we were about to leave. And I just said to my daughter, can you grab your water bottle? and put your backpack on and we'll go to the car. And she did both of those things by herself and just like walked herself out of the coffee shop. And my friend was like, 
oh my God, that was amazing. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like she's her own little person. Um, I was like, except that sometimes I'll say something like that and she'll be like, I don't want to. And it's like, oh, but you don't really have a choice. We're leaving. <laughs> so um, yes, independence, but yes, independence, right? So um, there's always going to be parts of each stage that are hard and some that are great, right? Um, and that's actually a good segue into my next point. All stages of parenting are hard, just in their own ways. None are easier than others, they're just a different kind of hard. And if I can quote a league of their own, the hard is what makes it great, right? Thank you, Jimmy Dugan, AKA Tom Hanks. Um, if you don't know, then just ignore that part. And if you don't know, watch A League of Their Own. It's the best movie ever. Um, okay, so newborns, we know that they're hard because we don't know anything about this tiny little human. Maybe you're a first-time parent and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was going to be a thing or I didn't realize this part was going to be so hard or, you know, that kind of thing. Infants are hard or newborns are hard, period. Um, whether you're adding a, a new child or any of those things, it's always going to be hard. Infants are hard because man, they are always going through something, whether it's teething, a leap, sleep regression, a growth spurt, starting feeding, starting moving, um, any and all of those things. They are always going through something, right? And you're like, what now? Um, it never ends. The fun never ends with infants. Toddlers are hard because they're toddlers. Uh, they're just, man, toddlers are built different, aren't they? Um, they are the most impulsive beings to walk the earth. It. I have seen memes all over comparing toddlers to trying to get your drunk friend home from the bar. But, and that, that sounds, it sounds funny. It is kind of funny when you think about some of the things that they do, um, but it's every day all day so you imagine spending all day with your drunk best friend trying to shuffle them somewhere you want them to go and they're just like grabbing things and saying things and you know um you're trying to get out the door and all of a sudden there's like the whole bin of the messiest toy you have is all over the floor or they're like down the hall and like dumping out laundry or like just like and you're like what are you doing right now um that's toddlers so toddlers are hard plus they're starting to get like little senses of self and uh actually i was just reading some stuff this morning and um toddlers are just like that two-year-old age they're just kind of and when they start to tell you no that's when you know it's happening um so my little one right now is in this phase of i don't want to which is a no um but it's not that they're actually saying no it's that they're realizing that they are separate from you. They are not a part of you anymore, which is like kind of sad when you think about it. But if you didn't know, um, babies don't realize that they're not like part of their parent or they're usually it's the mother, but they identify as the same person. So when you start to get these no's or these like refusals or this like attitude, that's them figuring out that they are themselves 
Okay. And you'll start to notice they'll, they'll pick themselves out in photos. Um, like that kind of thing starts to happen. So they start to realize that like, Hey, I'm me and I have like autonomy <laughs> or they try to. Um, and then preschoolers and school agers, they're hard because they're figuring out like who they are, right? They're not little kids anymore, but they're not quite big kids. And it's confusing. Emotions are so high and they might have lots of other big changes like going to school um, and, and going to school and having to sit for a lot of the day and learning new things and having, you know, teachers and bus rides and you know maybe they're switching like daycare classrooms or maybe they're doing sports for the first time or like and learning like team dynamics and having a coach and their schedules get busy and you know like there's lots of things going on for school age kids too right it's still hard um they might have homework right and teenagers are hard because just like toddlers they're teenagers they're just built that way um but fun adding in there with like they're just like toddlers but they have hormones um which makes things tricky right um if you're someone who identifies as a woman you know how tricky hormones can be i'm 40 and i still haven't figured out my hormones yet so how can we expect a 13 or 14 year old to figure out their hormones right um, but we can help them um and so and let's not forget that the part of a child's brain that determines whether or not they react with intense emotions to every like inconvenience or what they deem as a threat, um, it doesn't fully develop until your mid twenties. So if you have a 16 year old who, you know, like you confront them about something and all they are is a ball of emotions and you're like, what just happened? That's the part of their brain that regulates those emotions is not there yet. And it's the same as your toddler, right? Like you're all of a sudden, they're just on the floor and you're like, what? I don't, what, what happened? Like, and this is where you get the thing. You're like, I, they asked for cheese and I opened it myself. They obviously they want, you have to, you have to be like, you want cheese. Do you want this cheese or this cheese? Do you want to open it? Or do you want me to open it? Do you want me to open it part way? Or like, there's a lot of details that <laughs> you get to ask questions. It's, it's pretty funny, actually. Um, and then with all those different seasons, let's normalize your priorities shifting within each of those seasons, right? So you might always feel like there's one area of your life where you are, for lack of a better word, failing, right? So. For me, this last sort of season of life and summer kind of went along with summer and my child becoming a toddler and all those things is that I was really focusing on parenting and house stuff. Um, and and we had a couple big changes and my husband started a new job and so our schedule was a little bit different. And I was focusing on parenting and business stuff and my fitness just kind of I didn't stop exercising. It just wasn't the priority, right? So I still got my weightlifting in. I still ran a little bit, but it wasn't at near the intensity or the strength that I had thought I would or that I'm used to. And so that's okay. It just kind of took a little bit of a backseat. And I think now that we're coming into sort of a seasonal change, we're getting used to our new schedule, we're getting used to all these changes that I've made 
with work. Um, I've got a really good routine going. I can start to focus on my fitness a little bit more and relax on some of the other things. Does that, I hope that makes sense for everybody in that things are allowed to shift. Um, and it's, it's normal and it's okay for you to feel like you're like, oh man, I am like failing at parenting right now. Man, I'm killing it at work, right? So know that like, you're not failing. It's just taking a little bit of, and I won't say that parenting is ever really taking a back seat, but maybe you're just doing the bare minimum. Maybe you're getting by. I mean, your kids are happy. Everybody's like kind of going to the places they need to go, but you're like, man, I'm just like not researching, you know, new things that she's doing. I'm not, not registering them for any sort of like activity or program. We're just kind of making it through. And if you're just making it through, that's good enough. Right. Um, and given that this is a fitness and nutrition podcast, um, I'll bring it back to what we usually talk about, which is, and my message lately to a lot of my clients is you can do less. I'm going to give you permission. If your workouts end up looking like doing a couple exercises every day or a couple exercises every other day, or maybe you do the same two or three exercises, you know, every day or every other day for a couple weeks, and then you switch it up just so that your brain doesn't have to think about, oh, which exercises am I doing today? You just go through the motions. That's good enough, right? You don't always have to be following this elaborate plan with like, and yes, like progressive overload is nice and we it's necessary to gain strength, but what if you just like chilled and you just maintained whatever was there, right? You're not gonna lose strength all that quickly. I think that's a big myth is we think that we're gonna miss a week and you're just like, well, I'm weak. You might feel like you are, but you're not. It takes like six to eight weeks of total inactivity. I'm talking like bed rest activity low activity, right? So even if you're, if you're like, man, like I don't really have the mental capacity to run right now. Maybe you walk, maybe you just get your steps in. Uh, I was just talking to a client the other day and she was like, oh, one thing I didn't mention was that I walk my kids to school every morning. And then one of my coworkers actually lives in the neighborhood. So we usually go for a walk after I drop the kids to school. And we just sort of talk about our plan for the day or the week. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, not only are you getting your steps in, which I didn't know you were, but good for you. But you're also like having a chat with a friend and a coworker. And you're also like technically kind of working, right? So I think like, I was like, yes, please keep doing that. Um, and if that means that like, you don't come home and lift weights that day, that's fine by me. Like we can make anything work for anybody. Um, so do less less reps, less sets, less days in the gym, less exercises, you can do less and still succeed. Now we might have to adjust our expectations to what success looks like. But if you're like, I would just like to take a step back from like a program or like forward progression in, sorry, YouTube, you got my hand really big there, forward progression in a program, you can just flip to maintenance mode and that can be enough. It is enough. Um, and we can still achieve the goals that we desire with quality, right? So when you do come back and you're like, okay, hey, 
I am going to start working towards this goal again. Make sure you're following a program that's not wasting your time, right? You can gain strength with one, two, three exercises in the gym, providing they're the ones that support your goal, right? Uh, it's not a secret that when I do run programming, I don't necessarily do a lot of like junky miles, right? Junky miles to me are like, uh, you know, you've got, usually my people do a long run, some sort of intervals or tempo, maybe both depending on how, how much um, experience they have as a runner and a recovery run. So if someone, if someone's, um, you know, doing the intervals, the tempo and the long run, I might not do a recovery run. It really depends on the person, but those can be the first things to drop. It might turn into a walk. If they're getting enough steps, it's fine. Your body doesn't really know if you're running or walking. It just knows the stimulus of like your heart rate and stuff like that. So like your heart is like, oh yeah, this is fine. Low stimulus. It's great. So make sure that whatever kind of program you're following, you're not doing things that aren't pushing you towards your goal. Um, and that can be kind of a nuanced conversation. So I'll probably leave that there. Um, and where is the middle ground? So things that I've seen a lot lately are people who start, they kill it on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. Well, I only did half or like, I didn't go for my run Friday. Oh, I'm so tired weekend. Well, I might as well just not. And I'll start over on Monday. Having that little sort of down in the graph of activity, that's not it. What we want to do is have sort of an even effort throughout the week. So if you find yourself super motivated, super killing it on Monday, and you can't hold it together by Friday, you're probably doing too much on Monday. Cut it down. Try to figure out what's good enough and keep it the same for the whole week. And the same goes with your nutrition. So if you are eating chicken and salad on Monday and you're like, this is great. And then by Friday, you're like, give me all the candy, all the pizza, all the chocolate. That's not working either. Can we have more of an even, evening out the highs and lows for the whole week instead of really high on Monday, really low by the time we get to Friday, Saturday. I can't tell you on a podcast how to do that, but I can tell you that adjusting your expectations and doing less of what you think are the good things is the answer. Um, everyone will say things like everything in moderation or 80-20, but those are very, um, that's a very broad concept. And what we need to do is figure out what that concept actually means for our lives. And if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you'll know that Jill and I aren't usually killing things at 100%. We are functioning at a level that works for us in our lives in the season that we are in as individuals. And that's going to look different 
maybe week to week, maybe month to month, maybe season to season or year to year. Um, so application to moms, pick your priority for the season that you're in. Obviously, I get it. Your kids are going to be one of those priorities. But, and I just had a conversation with a mom this week of, um, she was feeling guilty because of course we feel guilty. Um, she was getting, she's like, I have ample time in the mornings. We're up early. I can go downstairs and do my workout. But then I feel like I'm not there to help my kids with breakfast or whatever. And I was like, can we like, was like, remind me how old are your kids? And it turns out the youngest one is like seven. So I feel like they're of the age that they can take care of themselves for about half an hour in the morning, whether that's getting dressed, getting a little bit of breakfast, whatever activities they need to do to get ready for the day. And they would still have an hour with mom there to oversee whatever after her workout. And I was like, can we, she's like, the, the, the other thing is that my, you know, I, I work out on Monday, Wednesday, my husband works out on Tuesday, Thursday, and they don't need him in his half hour workout. I was like, that's it. That's right there. What we need to do is get, set a boundary with the kids that this is mom's time. The husband helps enforce that and therefore supports the kids in whatever they need when mom is doing her workout. Now, that might not work for everybody, but in this particular case, it was what needed to be done. It wasn't even that we needed to change the workout, it was that we needed to change the mindset about the workout, and that it was going to be a priority for mom to work out on these two days, only these two days, and you need to be able to do something in that half an hour without me. Um, and that's only that's a very specific situation but you might need to figure out how the rest of the people in your household can help you be better at this part of your season um it doesn't work for everybody that would not work in my house because i'm not getting up early to work <laughs> um so if that's not what you're doing that's obviously not for you but we can always figure out something that's going to work for you. So takeaways from this pod, normalizing the hardships of motherhood and remove the shame from it. Remove the guilt. It is what it is. You're doing the best that you can. I promise you that you are. Um, and you're doing the best that you can with the resources that you've been given. Um, there are resources out there if you would like to change things. Um, and prioritize your priorities for the season that you're in and use boundaries and communication to make that happen. Uh, acknowledge that those seasons and what's a priority might change season to season. Um, and that's not necessarily seasons of the year. It could be just a season of life that you're in. Um, and quality work will always trump a quantity when it comes to strength training, fitness, running, all those kinds of things. So I hope that you learned something. If you have anything you would like to normalize or air, I would love to hear about it. I love hearing things makes me feel normal. 
If you have any comments, I would love to hear them. Leave a comment if you're on YouTube. Um, you can answer the question on Spotify. You can leave us a comment in the DM or on the post on Instagram of this episode. If you haven't already, please, please, please leave us a review wherever you listen. It helps the podcast get bumped up in the rankings and it helps it show up when people search for podcasts. So we're always welcoming new listeners. Um, happy you stuck around for today. Solidarity in motherhood for all the parents who are out there. And I will talk to you later.